Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Alyssa Gray, and today we'll be studying Yoma Daf Mem Vav, Yoma 46. This daf is the last of our parak, our chapter, the chapter called Taraf Bakalpi after the opening words of the first Mishnah of the parak. We'll be looking at a small sugya toward the end of the daf on 46b. The point of our looking at this sugya today is to learn something about how the Rambam, Maimonides, read the Talmud in order to derive the halakha. This, of course, is not a subject that we can delve into in any depth today, but we will examine this small sugya and then how the Rambam derived from it the halakha that he codifies in his Mishnah Torah in Hilchot Timidin Umusafin, chapter 2, halakha 6. The sugya begins itmar, it was said, indicative of an Amoraic statement of positions on a matter. In this case, one who extinguishes the fire of the firepan, the machata, or the fire of the menorah, is liable, according to Abaye, but exempt from punishment, according to Rava. Now, at the outset, we should note that this dispute, this machloket, about extinguishing, relates to the firepan and the menorah, not to the fire on the temple's altar itself. As to the altar itself, all would agree that one who extinguishes that fire is liable. The Rambam makes this clear in Hilchot Timidin Umusafin 2.6, where he points out unequivocally that one who extinguishes the fire on the altar is to be whiplashed, since the Torah says in Leviticus 6.5, Do not extinguish meaning do not extinguish the light that verse 5 says to light on the altar. And, as Rabbi Moses of Kutzi points out in the 13th century, in his Sefer Mitzvot Gadol in Negative Commandment 334, the Torah actually commands do not extinguish twice, once in Leviticus 6.5 and once in Leviticus 6.6. Verse 6 says that an eternal flame, an ash tamid, should be lit on the altar and then again do not extinguish. So it's clear that one who extinguishes the fire on the altar itself has violated a negative commandment of the Torah and will consequently be liable for whiplashes. But now let's go back to our sugya on 46b and to the fire pen and menorah as to which Abaye says the person is liable if he extinguishes the flame, but Rava says he is exempt. The Gemara goes on to say that all agree, all meaning the disputants, Abaye and Rava, that one who extinguishes that fire for the fire pan or menorah while it was still on top of the altar is liable. The disagreement, hypothesizes the Gemara, centers around a situation in which the person had first taken the fire from the altar, set it down on the ground, and then extinguished it. Abaye maintains that the person in this situation is still liable because the fire is still considered to be fire of the altar, as per Leviticus 6.5. 
Rava maintains that the person in this situation is exempt because he had separated the flame from the all-important altar. The Gemara challenges Rava with the statement of Rav Nachman in the name of Rava Baravuha, who taught that if someone took a coal from the altar and extinguished it, he is liable. This tradition seems to work perfectly well with Abaye's view, but not with Rava's. The Gemara says, however, that Rav Nachman's statement even works with Rava. Rava only maintains that one who extinguishes a flame that he took from the altar is exempt if he separated it from the altar for a designated legitimate mitzvah purpose, such as lighting the fire pan or the menorah. But if someone separated the flame from the altar for no specific mitzvah purpose, then Rava would agree with Rav Nachman, and Abaye, by the way, that extinguishing the fire would render the person liable for punishment. At this point, the Gemara presents another literary version of the views of Rava Abaye and Rav Nachman in the name of Rava Bar Avuha. This second version is introduced by the ubiquitous Talmudic expression, Ika da Amre, there are those who say. That is, there are those who teach this dispute in a different way. According to this second version, Rava and Abaye both agree that if someone took a flame from the altar, set it down on the ground, and extinguished it, that the person is exempt from punishment. The dispute, says this second version, revolves around the situation in which a person extinguished the flame while it was still above the altar. In this situation, Abaye says the person is liable because the flame is considered to be a flame of the altar, as per Leviticus 6.5, while Rava says he is exempt, since he had already separated the flame from the altar. In this second alternate version, Rav Nachman's view is problematic for both Abaye and Rava. Rav Nachman says in this version that if one takes a coal from the altar and extinguishes it, he is liable. This is clearly problematic for Rava, who said that the person is exempt, but it is also problematic for Abaye, since Abaye says in this version that someone who extinguishes the flame on the ground is exempt. The Gemara's answer here is that Rav Nachman is talking about a case where the coal was not removed from the altar for a legitimate mitzvah purpose while Rava and Abaye are talking about a situation in which the flame was indeed separated from the altar for a legitimate mitzvah purpose. Now we come to the issue of how to read this sugya overall in order to derive the halakha. Our overall sugya has two parts, two versions of the Abaye-Rava dispute and the teaching of Rav Nachman in the name of Rava bar Avuha. The first one is referred to in halachic literature as the Lishna Kama, the first expression, while the second one, which was introduced by Ika de Amre, is referred to in the literature as the Lishna Batra, the latter expression. Let's see what the Rambam does. As noted earlier, he opens by saying that one who extinguishes the fire on the altar gets whiplashed because the Torah says, do not extinguish. So far, so good. He goes on to say that even one who removes a coal and takes it off the altar and extinguishes it gets whiplashed. Looking back at the Gemara, we see that this is the teaching of Rav Nachman in the name of Rabba Bar Havuha. In both the Lishna Kama, the first version of the dispute, 
and the Lishnabatra, the latter version of the dispute, Rav Nachman is consistent on this point. One who removes a coal, takes it off the altar, and extinguishes it is liable. So we see how the Rambam codifies this as such, anonymously, without Rav Nachman's name, as is the Rambam's famous and controversial way in the Mishnah Torah. The Rambam then goes on to say that as to the firepan and menorah, if one prepared to light them at and from the altar, then even though one extinguished them while they were above the altar, one is exempt. The reason one is exempt is because the flame was separated from the altar for a valid mitzvah purpose, lighting the firepan or menorah. And, says the Rambam, quote, I do not call these fire of the altar, unquote, as per Leviticus 6.5. How does the Rambam derive this ruling? Examining his ruling carefully in light of the Gemara, we see that the Rambam is ruling according to Rava, as Rava's view is presented in the Lishnabatra, in the second version of the Rava Abaye dispute introduced by Ika de Amre. As a reminder, the Gemara says in this Lishnabatra that Abaya and Rava only disagree about a situation in which a person extinguished a separated flame while it was above the altar. Abaye considers the person liable because the flame is still a flame of the altar, quote-unquote, while Rava says he is exempt because the flame was separated from the altar. After Rav Nachman's intervention, the Gemara states that Rava holds the person is exempt because he had separated the flame from the altar for a valid mitzvah purpose. We see two things here. Number one, the Rambam follows the Lishnabatra, the second version of the dispute, the one introduced by Ika de Amre. And number two, Rambam rules like Rava rather than Abaye. Number two is in accordance with a general Talmudic statement of policy, according to which the halacha follows Rava rather than Abaye, except in six famous cases, known by the acronym Ya'al Kagam. Point number one, following the second version of the dispute, the Lishnabatra, rather than the first, the Lishnakama, reflects a perspective that the Gemara's second version represents an attempt to correct or improve upon the first version. The Bavli itself, I should note, gives no indication at all about, about how this kind of doubled sugya is to be read, halachically speaking, and post-Talmudic halachists, beginning in the Gaonic period, had to develop hermeneutical rules, rules of reading, by which to read the Bavli in cases like this and others and determine the law. Today we've seen a small example of the Rambam's implicit application of such a rule of reading. Let's study together again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.